Well, good morning, everyone. It is uh, indeed an honor to be with you. Uh, just something of a, we need to bring a little bit of correction. That photo up there is horrible. <laughs> really, it will make any child just be horrified and they start to cry. So just remove that jolly thing. No. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Great. Well, we, uh, I bring greetings from, uh, from Port Shepston, from our church there, River Life. Um, God is good to us there, and today I'm happy because there's Dane and Lou with uh, all the way from there. They also are part of the eldership team. We are all in eldership there, and uh, God is doing great things for us, with us, and uh, it is an honor to be with you. So if we could pray together, and then uh, I can't wait to get into this word. <laughs> Father, thank you. Thank you for this, your children. Father, we thank you for this family. We thank you, Father, that you are joining our hearts together. We see you moving in such a powerful way, and your name is exalted and glorified. Have your way this morning. Holy Spirit, move in our midst, we pray. We thank you for that. Amen. Well, you know, yesterday, um, God gave us a surprise, and uh, I met some of my family. This is now, I know that we, you all, we are all part of the family, but family that I haven't seen for years and many years. And so they, here they come, and uh, there's an old gentleman as well, and he came and, uh, just to be able to meet with them. And so uh, God is good, and thank you so much. It's so good to have you here today. And um, so this morning, as we share the Word of God, I pray that uh, God will just come, we'll get all the glory, and His name will be exalted. I really would like to encourage us this morning, just for us to just keep on running the race, just be faithful what God has entrusted to us. For me, one of the, the most wonderful examples, I like to look at the lives of people as we go through the Word of God, and um, here, yesterday we spoke a little bit about Paul as we started with our men's meeting, and... Uh, I'd like to start with that scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 4 from verse 6 to verse 8. Paul now as an old man, coming towards the end of his life, about to go home. And this is what he said from verse 6. For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. The time has come for my departure. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for His appearing. That is for all who have longed. We are longing for His appearing. Just that thought. And, and Paul, um, as an old man, obedient to the call of God, and we all remember how God took him from that one place, and since that day, how we started the journey taking this gospel to so many places. And, and yesterday I shared about that, how that I was in one area in a place called Antakya. It is, the, it is Antioch, the first church where they were called Christians in the Bible. And that's where um, we've planted many churches in that region. And, and here's Paul, and this is what he could say. I've been obedient to the call of God. I'm ready to go home. And he's reflecting back on his life. And he could say this. I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. And if we can come as believers, and that's for every one of us, can come to the end of our life and say, you know what? Yes, 
there is no regret. I can look back, and I am so grateful for what God has done in my life. So Paul was true to the word of God. He came to the end of his life, and that's what he could say. He endured hardship. He, had this, he, he also had an objective of who he was. And for us, it is good to understand who we are. We are sons and we are daughters of God. We are precious in His sight, we're in His thoughts, we're in, in the palm of His hand. We are, we are there all the time, you know, with Him. So, um, He fight the good fight. And if we're going to fight the good fight of faith, I believe there are two things which will be very helpful for us to understand. We need to understand that it is all about Jesus. Everything, it is all about Jesus. And secondly, um, to hear what God is saying to you. For you as an individual, we cannot run or run this race with voices of other people and try to imitate them. You as an individual need to hear what God is saying to you. Um, we have, you know, we've got, uh, Rita and myself, we've got two, two children. Um, Anton, our son, he's leading a church in Santon. And uh, Marie, our daughter, is in Cape Town. But uh, both of them are, they, I don't know what's wrong with them, but they, they like to run. Uh, Anton, <laughs> Anton is involved in running these long marathons, trail runs. And he's doing like, you know, that 150, 150 whatever plus uh, kilometers that he's doing. And why they do this, I don't know. But, and now his sister is doing the same thing. And just recently, um, she was involved last week. She, was, she did the Cape Town Marathon. And, but, you know, because they've been doing this, I, I like to use this as an example, but Bruce Fordyce, remember Bruce Fordyce? Now, I think he, he was also crazy like that, but he ran this, uh, please, I, I, sorry, Bruce. But, but he was, you know, he's right, he also did this, but he had, um, I think he, he ran the, he won the Comrades nine times, and, um, I don't know how many gold medals, but this is what he said when they interviewed him. He said there were five things that actually helped him a lot as he was running the race, and we as believers can actually identify with this. This is what he said. He said, what are the five things that help you to, 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 do, to run this race? He said, first of all, my aim is to finish. Us as believers, that must be our aim. We want to finish this race. We want to complete it. And secondly, he said, I aim to enjoy myself. And how we could say this, I don't know. But how you can enjoy yourself going through all that pain. But for us as believers, we are in this race. We, we can enjoy our walk with God. And then he said, my aim is to win the race. He didn't stop. That was his aim. He wanted to win the race. He didn't want to stop. And unfortunately for us in the Christian walk, there comes times, we, at times in our lives where we say, you know, I've been, I've been running this race. I'm, I'm tired. I want to just stay back for a while, which immediately exposes our heart. Because if that is the case, we haven't died yet. We're not dead because it is Jesus living in us. And uh, we cannot stop. And then he, the fourth thing that he said is, I run to get the gold medal. Are we just in this race, and we're going to run this race just to, just to, to get the little bronze medal? Or are we running this race, you know, I'm, I go for gold. I want to run the race that God has actually marked out for me. I want to run this race, 
and I'm going to go for gold. And then he, the first thing he said, I aim to break the record. As believers, the race that God has worked out for you, you want to run this race, and you're actually going to break the record for yourself. I'm not, you're not, we're not competing with anyone here. We are looking at ourselves, and we say, I want to break the record. I want to know this one thing. When I stand before God, I'm going to hear His voice saying to me, well done. <laughs> well done. Enter into my glory. That is what this is all about. But for that being reality, we need to dig deep to break what we call a sickness mentality. You need to dig deep every day because it is so easy that we start to settle down and we, we don't even understand this. Um, we, we don't look at comfortable Christianity. There is not such a thing as comfortable Christianity. Trials and difficulties will be part of your journey. Sacrifices, pain, disappointment, it will be there. But for us as believers, we've set our eyes on Jesus. We can see what He's done for us. We are grateful for the life that He's given us, and we want to run this race. I remember years ago, um, Marie, she's in her 30s now, our daughter. Uh, she was still small. She was around about class two, somewhere around the class three, standard one, what, whatever you call it. You know. But I came from the trip in the early hours of the morning. I arrived there. And they were still asleep. And I got into bed. I slept for about an hour. And next thing is, they were up early because they, we were living in Richmond. We planted a church there. And they had to travel to Maritzburg every day, which is about 40 kilometers. So they were up, I think, before 6 o'clock. And the first thing is, Marie, when she heard that I was back, she ran to my side of the bed. And as she came to my side of the bed, I was so, you know, tired. I, I, had, I battled to even focus to see who it was. And here's Marie standing next to me, and she had this big thing that she's drawing with. Which, you know what children do in their school. So on this, there's Rita and herself. I thought, I, I focused. I thought, what on earth is going on here? Uh, how come I'm not part of this, this picture? And, she, and I said, hey, but Marie, what's going on here? Uh, how come am I not there? And this little girl stood there, and emotionally, I could see that. She said, but Dad, I don't know you. I've and it, it touched my heart because immediately I thought, I'm running this race for God, but what about my family here? You know, it's, it was easy to get intimidated by that. I, we had to make major adjustments, but the pain is there. The sacrifice is there. And I'm not saying to you, you know, we can use our children as an example, as an excuse, um, as, a, as a smoke screen for what God has called us to but yes, the pain is there. It is not, there is not such a thing as comfortable Christianity. We need to have a perspective of who we are in Christ. And for that, we need to allow God to dwell in our hearts richly. In, in Second Kings, there's a wonderful example. We, this word that God has given unto us, what God has entrusted to us, we need to guard. We need to watch over that. Run this race. But in Second Kings, there was Elijah. And Elisha was a man who the word of God was there. God ministered in, in, in and through him in such a powerful way. Um, there's a story in 2 Kings 6 
where the people of Israel were under, is this a, a problem? Is there a, there's no echo here. But the people of Israel were always attacked by the Arameans. Arameans and, um, but before they could, uh, they, they could lay an ambush against the people of Israel, Elisha would receive word from God and he would tip off the king of Israel that the Arameans are in the area. And of course, the Aramean king was getting very frustrated with this. He actually then, he started to accuse his own uh, uh, counselors that they were, in, they were informing the king of Israel. And so much so that the king of Israel came to him and said, uh, listen, um, it, is, uh, it is this man, this, it is, uh, it's Elisha. The word of God is there. And he's, he's informing the king of Israel. So, of course, the Aramean king became very um, agitated with this. And this is what happened now. And I, I would like to read this for you. How that, how that this Aramean king, he summoned, he said, listen, go and get Elisha. We need to, we need to sort this guy out. And, and um, I'd like us to read this. And it's here from verse, um, from verse 13 of Second Kings chapter 6. And... Uh, he said, go and find out where he is, the king ordered, so that I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He said, Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servants of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked, do not be afraid. The prophet answered, this is Elisha. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of his servant, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots and fire around Elisha. It is, it's, you know, it's, it's for us as well. We are here this morning. If we, for an example, were to just stop there as believers and understand, you know, so often there are two groups of people. There are those who can see with their natural eyes and those who see with their spiritual eyes. And if we as believers will just allow God to open our spiritual eyes, then we will be able to see what God is busy doing. Um, we, we need to open our spiritual eyes to see what God wants to do. I, I remember also on a trip not too many years ago, I was out there in Sudan and we had a lot of conflict, a lot of, the, you know, I was, it was war all the time. But I, I remember I came out of, out of Sudan and traveled into, um, into Kenya, Kenya's uh, uh, territory. And as we came towards this one little village, a little town, um, a group of bandits have taken the, the, the city, the, the town over. And they were, they, were not, they were not good guys. They were bad guys. But I, I remember at that point of time, um, I, I prayed. I said, God, I don't know how. We wanted to get back home desperately, but we couldn't get through. For three days, we were, we were, we were ambushed by them. And uh, it came to a point where I remember this one night, uh, Coming, I was, we were busy driving, and, and, I, and I felt the Holy Spirit came right into the vehicle, and he spoke to me. He said, Henny, don't be afraid, and you will see what I'm going to do now. But I remember I drove into this area, and there were 
a couple of hundred of these people, they were drunk and they were drugged. And I don't know, what, whatever you want, want to add to it, that's, what, that's how they were. They were, they were not themselves. And as we, as we came in, it was almost like, not just my spiritual eyes, I could see this what God is doing. The next moment, they all turned like stiff. They couldn't move. They were standing still like this. The way that they moved and they stopped. All of them stooped. And we came in. I drove right. We drove right through with this lot. Um, and they, they couldn't do anything. As we came to the other side, they became alive. And, and the next moment, they were, they were furious. Because, but we were gone. And it is, it is just what God can do. Where if God were to open our spiritual eyes, you will be amazed to see what he can do. It is not a Sunday school story. Jesus is alive, man. He wants to do wonderful things, miracles every day. As we trust him, we will see what he will do. So that is just, you know, what God did there. It's when, you know, sometimes God comes to us and he says, We're trading them in here today. It's there. Okay. You know, sometimes it's when God comes to us and he's saying, my son, my daughter, I want to, I want to bring you higher. I've got. Yeah. All right. Okay. But you know, it's, it's when God comes to us and He says, My son, my daughter, I want to bring you higher. I want to reveal something. It's there. But God comes to us and He's saying, I want to bring you higher, but actually, I found you wanting. There are certain things in your life that you actually need to give attention to. I believe that there is a ripeness in God, but you through, you know, so often. Here is Elisha again. Now, remember, Elisha had this thing with the servant. We said, open his eyes. Of miracles that, that, was, that we see in Elijah, we could see in Elisha. Here's Elijah now, as an old man, he's, 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 he's busy dying. And um, the king of Israel heard that Elisha is busy dying, and he came to see Elisha. And on his deathbed, you can read this, it's in 2 Kings 13. As he was lying there, uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 king, the king said to uh, was, was crying over Elisha. And Elisha gave him an order. He said to him, take a bow and take some arrows, strike the ground. And he was to, to, to strike the ground. He 
why don't you just turn off here and go see your dad before he died? And uh, they thought I was going to turn in there, but I, went, I just kept going. And everyone just kept quiet. And I thought, this is the man who taught me everything. This is the man who, you know, been with me all my life. And now, while he's busy dying, I've, I'm deserting him. You know, I, we continued about two weeks later in Malawi, had meetings there. And uh, we're coming back, came, in, back, came back another route through Mozambique um, into, into KZN. And that's where I had reception. I thought, well, now I'm going to phone my mom just to find out and to, just to comfort her because the funeral would have been gone. They couldn't get in touch with me. And uh, as I phoned on the other side, the person picked up, it was my dad. He was still alive. And uh, he spoke to me. Uh, because I've, with Rita as well, we've been often for many years, many years, been away from home for nine months of the year in the field. Um, I wasn't there when my father died. I wasn't there when my mom died. Um, my mother died. The president of Liberia asked me to come and to, to help them. And I went over and then, then that's when she passed away. I couldn't get back for the funeral. Only, you know, some time later. But I had the privilege to bury them. But those are the things, you know, where God would challenge our hearts. Now, the thought I would like to leave with you this morning is a story in Joshua. And uh, in Joshua chapter um, 2, they were about to come into the promised land. And God spoke to them and said, as a nation, remember, during that time, there was, uh, during Moses' time, uh, two and a half tribes came to Moses and, and said, you know what, we would love to just stay here on this side of the Jordan and this will be our inheritance, which they did. They stayed on that side of the Jordan and the rest of the, the people of Israel, they were about to come into their inheritance. And this is the story. But with the story intention, Napoleon came and he made a statement years ago. He said, the purpose of war is, 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 the, the purpose of war is victory and the purpose of victory is occupation. Purpose of war is victory. The purpose of victory is occupation. So this is what it's all about. For us in the Christian walk as well. Um, so he, and, and here comes Paul. And Paul said the same thing. This, uh, that in Second Timothy. I charge you therefore before the Lord Jesus Christ. Who will judge the living and the dead. And his appearing and in his kingdom. God has given us a charge. Like he gave what we are about to see here. With the people of Israel. A charge. They were about to come into the promised land, it was a time of transition. And as we look at them with this time of transition, just if you've got your, your Bible with you, go to Joshua chapter 3, where um, they, God, God spoke to Joshua, and he said, this is what you, you to do. From verse 3, it says there, Joshua 3 verse 3, when you see the ark of the covenant and the Lord, of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your position and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before. So for us as believers as well, here comes God and he's saying to us, you know, you are busy running this race. You're about to to come in this. The finish line is there. But we don't know what this race is going to. You've never been this way before. This is you need to pay attention to this. And here, if we read a little bit on from verse 14, it says, So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them, 
Now the Jordan is at flood, all staged during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet, uh, their feet touched the water edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a, a, a great distance away from the town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarephath. While the water flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, was completely cut off, the people crossed over on opposite Jordan. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped, stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while Israel, all Israel passed until the whole nation had completely crossed over to the dry ground. It was, they, they've had 40 years in the wilderness. Here God comes, they are about to come into the promised land. They had, they, they, the priests were the people who stood in the Jordan and they allowed everyone. You know, the saddest thing is, we who are here today, I don't know how many of us are going to make it into eternity. God's heart is that all of us should cross over. God's heart is that all of us should pay attention this morning to what God is saying to us. God doesn't want, he so loved the world that he doesn't want anyone to perish, but that everyone should cross over. But, you know, there were a couple of things here. As with the crossing over, there are four things that I, that I notice here. It wasn't a convenient time. You know, with us crossing over into the new, like with the people of Israel, it is never a convenient time when God speaks to us. Can't God just wait a little bit longer so that there, I can get certain things in place before I do cross over? So it's not, it wasn't a convenient time. It says that it was harvest time. While they were there on that side of the Jordan, they were planting their crops. If you're a farmer, no one, a farmer doesn't like. You know, when it's harvest time, don't mess around with them. You know, for us, when we come to that, to, they came to that place, when the word of God came, he said, tomorrow, in three days from now, you're crossing over. Not convenient. It was harvest time. It was rainy season. You know, you think of the girls with their hair and stuff. It's rainy season. It's not a convenient time. We don't want, we can't go get out wet in the, in the rain. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not the best of time. And it says, the, and to crown it all, the Jordan River was in flood. Imagine those who couldn't swim. And they, or they, they crossed over in dry, on dry, but they didn't know they were going to cross over on dry ground. But the river was in flood. When God said, you're going to cross over. So all these thoughts were there. They, they were worrying with this. It was, there was a sense of excitement when God came to them and said to them, now you need to move over. So I, I just want to quickly give you a couple of things that will prevent you from crossing over. The things that will stop us from running this race to the end. First of all, these people, they couldn't make the transition because they saw the task and it was too large. Remember, for 40 years in the wilderness, when God first came to them and said, you are to cross over into the promised land, but they couldn't. Remember the 12 spies who went over? They, they came back with this bad report with the exception of two. They, and it ended up with them being in the wilderness for another 40 years. So they couldn't cross over because the task was too large. Secondly, those who do not want to make the transition are those um, who do not want to go to war. 
they, they were afraid of the, war that, the wars that were, that were pending. For us, we've forgotten. The word of God says that we are soldiers of the cross. There's going to be war. We don't realize this. Every day there is a warfare, and the devil is not happy with what, we, what he sees. He's going to fight us with everything that he's got. But we don't want to go to war. We just want to hang back. And thirdly, the generation that couldn't make the transition choose the transition of comfort. You know, I don't need to see much about that. You know, you ask yourself about this. Have I become so comfortable in my, in my, walk, with, in my walk that the things of God have taken second place? Remember I said earlier on, the thing that you love most will be the thing that will become, you'll be tested with that. Sometimes in the area of comfort, we are tested. Go and read 1 Samuel chapter 11 verse 1. It says, in the spring in which the kings would go to war, David stayed at home. He chose the, the, the transition of comfort. And the end of this was that he ended up committing adultery. He ended up missing what God had for him. Fourthly, those who cannot make the transition are those who hang on to the past. You know, we sit here and there are things of the past. You know what I'm talking about. Things of the past. And those things are actually keeping you back. Back from entering into what God has for you. The inheritance that God has prepared for you. We hang on to onto the past. The bitterness. The resentment. The things that we say, you know what? How can I actually get into this? Hang on to the past. And then lastly, lack of revelation. I pray that God will come and he will give you, open your eyes. Like Elisha prayed and he said, God, open the eyes of my servant that he can see. I pray that God will come and he will give you a revelation and he will open your eyes. Paul could say this, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Bruce Fordyce could say this, I want to finish. I want to enjoy it. I want to win. I want to go for gold. And I want to break the record. Don't allow your comfort, the things where you are, as a smokescreen for your disobedience. God speaks to us. And if you this morning, you say, I am a child of God. My life belongs to Jesus. I've, I've given myself to him. But there are certain things that's lacking. I'm speaking to myself. I say, God, every day I need to check myself. I need to make sure that I'm running the race. I'm obedient to what God has called me. You guys, you are precious in the sight of God. God, I've got a huge inheritance for you. Great plan for you. I don't know how, Chris, we're going to end this. You know these people. Just now, <laughs> pray with them. I don't know what you want to do. Right. Guys, I'm standing, but I don't know about you. If you say, God, this is not for me, then you don't need to stand. But if you say, this is for me, I stand before the creator, the creator of the universe. I stand before him, and he's busy changing me, but there need to be more. More, for him, more of him in my life. You'd like to stand and I'd like to pray with you. Those, if you're sick and you can't stand, please don't stand. But, um, but we're going to pray. Our Father, 
I want to thank you. Thank you for all these, your children. They are special to you. You died for them. You paid the ultimate price for them. I pray, oh dear God, that you will just come and meet with everyone here. Lord Jesus, that the revelation of you will become clearer. Open their eyes that they can see. Father, I pray that everyone here will run. They will finish this race. They'll go for gold. They will hear your voice. Come, Lord Jesus. Take your rightful place. We worship you. We exalt your name. Amen. If you, if you sit here this morning, come, Chris. If you sit, if you are standing here this morning, you can please sit down if you want to. And in your body, you say, I, I, need, I need healing. I need God to come and break through in my, in, in my life. Right there where you are. Jesus, the word of God says in, in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with fire who went about doing good, healing all those who were sick and oppressed of the devil. Right where you are. If you, you've got a need this morning and you say, I need a breakthrough, God can come. And he can touch you. We come before God, our King this morning. And he said, greater signs than these you will do. Because I'm going to my Father. So we can come as, as the children of God. And we can ask. So Father, if there's anyone here that's not well. I pray, dear God, that you'll just come and touch bodies. That you'll heal and set free in Jesus' name. You know every need. Every, every problem. Father, we, we come and we speak your life into that situation, healing in Jesus' name. We bless your name. Amen.